Hello, everyone. I'm Rayanne Halayan, host of the BTPS podcast. Today, I'm excited to have Savio Joseph with us. Savio, you are a magician, a mentalist, and a hypnotist. Can you tell us a little about what that actually means? What do you do for a job? Basically, that just means I'm Harry Potter. That's that's oh. I get to do that for a living. No, I'm kidding. Uh, right, I'm that a- sounds fun. <laughs> it is. It is a lot of fun. Um, I'm a performer, so I get to go around and and tour and do shows for people. And at the core of it, I would say I'm a magician. In in, in magic, there are different um, categories, and it's a big umbrella that has many different things underneath it. And I like to use the different tools, which is the magic, the mind reading, the hypnosis, to create a unique show that kind of encompasses all those different characters. But at the end of the day, I would say I am someone who uh, uh, brings the experience of wonder to people. That's that's what I do. That sounds absolutely fascinating. So when you say under the umbrella and you're talking about mind reading, being the mentalist, what does that mean in your show? What would an audience member kind of go through and have an opportunity to see? So in the show, um, I won't give anything specific away. Okay, perfect. Yeah. See the show. We want to see it. (laughs) So in the show, there are different elements, right? So there's the magical components where I'm kind of sharing my story of me growing up using different things. And you'll see, you know, things disappear, things reappear. The mind reading portion of it is I'm bringing people up on stage and I'm revealing, you know, funny thoughts that they're thinking of might reveal their childhood crush, things that people are are wondering there's no way he could know this kind of information but somehow he's revealing it on stage and then the hypnosis segment i bring people up and people are going to sleep and and it's not literal sleep but they are uh being put into a trance and then funny things happen on stage people forget their name how to count um they feel like they're meeting their childhood you know celebrity crush there's so much that happens that the show is encompass uh sorry sorry the show encompasses the entire room it's everyone in the audience who comes to see the show somehow gets involved and becomes a part of the show that sounds absolutely amazing (laughs) so the question is would you come and visit buffalo trail public schools i absolutely would great okay (laughs) we'll talk later so how do you get into this line of work? What's your background? How did you become interested? And how do you get training and experience? So it started when I was very young. I was around 10 years old. I was like sitting in my room one day and and the window was open and this owl flew in with a letter and I got accepted to this place called Hogwarts. And ever since then, <laughs> weird stuff have been going on in my life and I can't explain it. No, okay. <laughs> That I'm sounds kidding. vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah, my roommate was pretty famous, like Mary something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, but joke aside, I started when I was very young. I was just a very, um, uh, I, I was just the type of person who's very interested in learning new things, new skills, new hobbies. And magic was one of those things. I got a magic kit for my 10th birthday for my parents. And uh, ever since then, I was hooked. It was just one of those things that I just couldn't let go of. It was I always wanted to learn what was next, you know, what uh, more can I learn? What can I practice? And it kept me sort of going and I would perform at these uh, family gatherings or school events or talent shows, whatever it is, wherever I could get a chance to perform. Uh, And that led to then at age 13, getting my first paid show. I got paid $100 at age 13 to do a, a birthday party. And I was like, whoa, like, 
$100, you want me to come do something that I'm practicing on my spare time? And it was such a mind blowing thing for me. And it kind of just continued to snowball from there as one thing led to the next. And I would just continue to practice and uh, keep performing as much as I could. And that's how I kind of got into it. Sorry, was that the entire question? Was there more to the second half? Yeah, I was just, and how do you continue to hone that skill that you have that interest at a young age and become the the magician, the mentalist, the hypnotist that you are today? So so the one thing with magic or any performing art really is there isn't like a specific blueprint, right? There's no, uh, hey, if you do this, then all of a sudden this will happen and then this will happen. But there are things that you can study and learn over time. And a lot of it happens on stage, right? The more you are uh, on stage, and when I say stage, it doesn't have to be a, a large stage per se. Being in front of a group of people is technically a stage. Like that is your stage that you're bringing people into. So being in front of those people and those environments, that's how I learn. Every time I'm on stage, I'm learning, hey, this doesn't work. I should try this a little different. Oh, I'm learning how to control the audience with five people. And then I learn how to control the audience with 50, then 100, then 200. And then you start learning things as you go. And the more stage time you get, the more you grow in your uh, you know, field of magic. And so it's just one of those things where the more you do, the, the better you can learn. Uh, and I also say you can read a lot in books. You can you know watch online videos, but those are all theory, right? And once you apply yes. it, which is what happens on stage, that's when you really learn, oh, this works for me. Oh, this doesn't work for me, you know? Thank you. So what does the day in the life of Savio actually look like? Oh, that, you know what? That's a great question. It varies. It, it varies. There's times where, let's just say a show day. A show day uh, is very, uh, it's very busy. It's very chaotic. There's so much going on. But it's it's funny because I think in the chaos, I find peace. And it's like when there's so much happening, I'm like, okay, I'm at peace. I know I'm, I'm doing what I love and enjoy. A lot of times it involves early mornings because if I have to catch a flight or if I'm driving a couple hours out to the event that I'm going out to, it starts early in the morning. Um, also, I like to pack things the night before as well. So I go through, you know, props that I need. I have checklists that I have. You know, the more you do it, the more you start to realize there's these small things that you can do that help you um, avoid uh, real stress, right? Like you're going through and you have your checklist of, okay, I need yes. this, this, this. I'm not running around and looking for things last minute. I'm packing this on time. And also I always pack or try to pack doubles of things that could potentially go missing because magic involves these small little trinkets and props. Yes. Like, you know, if you lose it and you're in the middle of a show, you're like, huh, right. Um, I'm going to be back one second. So having those things packed and, you know, getting that ready, uh, that's what like the morning looks like. And then there's the driver, the travel portion of it that, you know, sometimes it can get lonely. You're just you and your car, two hour drive, three hour drive. But I love, you know, keeping myself entertained with podcasts and uh, music and whatnot. And so get to the venue, then it's sound check, it's testing, making sure everything looks good, setting the stage, uh, making sure all the people who are helping are on board. Everyone knows what's going on for the day. And then there's a lot of just hanging out. You hang out until showtime, right? There's uh, probably some snacks and just hanging out, uh, probably talking to some friends or people who I've met there. And then it's showtime and showtime happens and uh, it happens so fast. You know, it might be a two hour, sorry, not two hour, a 90 minute show, but it goes by like this because we're all having so much fun and there's so much happening at once. But that's what like a day in the life of a show looks like. But other than that, it's very 
it's very casual in the sense that I make my own schedule, right? So uh, I'm scheduling in my days to make sure that I'm spending the time that I need to, to make sure that I'm booking the shows, that I'm connecting with the right people. And I'm spending time uh, with my social media as well, because that's a big portion of the brand and about uh, the, the work that I do is creating that presence online as well. Okay, now I have a few questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I do some presentations. Before mm -hmm. a presentation, I kind of have a ritual I go through. Do you have like that pregame ritual to go through to ensure your mind is where you need to be for your performance? Absolutely. So before a performance, uh, even if I'm hanging out with a group or if my friends are there or my family or whatever it is, just before the performance, a couple minutes before, I just need to be alone. I, I kind of go off into a corner or just walk, you know, in the backstage area. I'm in my you know own little bubble. I'm probably listening to some uh, you know rap music, something that gets me a little excited. Uh, and honestly, it's nothing too crazy. I just kind of walk around so I get a little warmed up. So I'm not just sitting. I'm you know I'm not cold. Uh, and then I do a small prayer, and then boom, uh, I'm ready to hit the stage. I'm I'm good to go. Oh, good. And yeah. you also talked about packing and touring and events. Tell us some of the opportunities and where you've had the the privilege of performing and showcasing your your work and performance oh there's there's so many that come to mind like um one that immediately comes to mind is my university that i went to actually called me back to do a show and uh, there was eight thousand people in the audience and that was incredible it was probably one of the biggest shows i've ever done it was just packed out with students wow. and people and it was just insane it was absolutely crazy and then in terms of travel you know just getting to go to the most beautiful places like uh, I was out in Banff doing a teacher's conference and we were up in the mountains doing magic. Like that was just incredible, right? An experience like that. Uh, and then obviously doing something like Canada's Got Talent, we shot all in Niagara Falls. And like, you know, we have the beautiful view there, the beautiful uh, venue and all these things. So it's it's given me so many opportunities to travel and, and see the world. And I'm sure it's just going to continue to grow uh, as time goes on. So it, I love that part of the job, just being able to visit new places and, and have those experiences. Yes. Now you've also mentioned social media. Where can we find you if we want to to learn more about you, follow your events and happenings? So it's just at Savio Joseph TV. And that's okay. my picture for everything. Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the same. Uh, and YouTube as well. You can find me everywhere. I post clips and uh, announcements about when I'm performing and things like that as well. Oh, great. Now, you mentioned you performed at university for 8,000 university students. Mm -hmm. Did you go to university to support you in this journey you're on? Or do you have a degree in something totally unrelated? My degree is in something totally, totally unrelated. I went to school um, at Western University for computer science. Um, the reason being, honestly, I come from an immigrant household. And for us, you know, it was school is a must. There was no conversation that existed where post-secondary was not a thing. It was always you had to go to school for something. And so when I was in high school, I was actually pretty good at computer science and coding. My mom's a high school math teacher. So that the math logic side of me has always been there. And so I was like, you know what? I seem pretty good at this. I'm going to choose this for my degree. Uh, in hindsight, it was a very, it was a very hard degree to complete. There was so much that was going on in between because I'm trying to juggle doing magic, you know, full time while uh, being in school full time doing a very uh, demanding degree. And so it was definitely challenging at times, but 
I have no no regrets. I think going to school and going to university was one of the greatest things that I did. Um, you know, and I know it's easier to, to say that now looking back at it, but the memories I made, the the relationships that I built and the experiences that I had, I think I couldn't trade that for anything really. And as an art, you know, as a magician, I would consider that an art form. And I think to become an artist, you need to have experience, right? You need to have life experience outside of the world of what you're doing, right? Yes. Well, when you were talking about the day in the life, it almost sounded to me like you needed to be a jack of all trades. You check mm -hmm. sound, you check, you know, to make sure everything's in the place that the people who are supporting you at the event know what they're doing and they're mm -hmm. on board. So all of that life experience would definitely come in very useful. Absolutely. And I think whenever you're doing something right before you have because at a certain point you will have a team and you will bring people on board but before you do that you kind of have to learn how to be the jack of all trades because you know you might go to a venue for the first time and the person there has never seen your show before so it's up to you to kind of guide people through that and say hey look this is what we're doing this is what it looks like and at the end of the day if someone's paying you to be somewhere you want to make sure that you're giving them your 100 percent, and that means making sure everything looks good, sounds good, you know, everything checks out. And then at a certain point, when you work up to it, you get to a point where you can bring people who do that for you, you know, and so you can have a team of people. I'm still choosing to do it because I love actually doing those components as well. I love making, you know, chest, testing sound and making sure things are good and making everything in line because it also gives me a sense of control over the show and making sure that I know that I've checked everything to to make sure that it's all in place before it started, you know? Awesome. Thank you. So I'm wondering, you went to university. It was kind of an expectation with your parents that you mm -hmm. uh, have some post-secondary behind you as well. Mm -hmm. But you have this passion and this interest, uh, and you're great at magic. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give our students who are interested in this line of work? Ooh, that's a really good question. I would say there's a couple of things I would say, I, and I think this would apply to not just magic, but anything in entertainment and the arts is something that isn't, I guess, what you would consider the traditional uh, job. I think, first of all, um, you have to try a lot of things. I think a lot of times people tell me that I got lucky that I found magic, but I always say, you know, I, I don't think it was luck. I think it was just, I would try so many things like, People don't know that before Magic, I actually used to play with Rubik's Cubes. I used to compete, go to competition. I loved rock climbing. I tried drumming, music, this, that. It was so many different things until, you know, I found this one thing that I absolutely loved, which was Magic. But even then, I would still do different things. I'd always be doing different things. But once I did many, I was able to then be like, okay, this is the one thing I really, really love. And I'm going to dedicate my time to that. Um, that kind of leads me to the second point, which is you got to love what you do, because if you don't love yes. it, you'll burn out very, very quick because there's so much that you're required to do and uh, things that come up out of the blue that you need to handle. And for example, being able to, you know, do everything, the jack of all trades, check sound, this, that, sending, you know, contracts, emails, there's so much that you're controlling that if you truly love it, these don't seem like a chore you know they're something that you love and you know it's a part of the process and you continue to do it but if you're not doing it for the love of it or if you're doing it for whatever reason you know money fame whatever it is if it's anything that isn't love for the game then you know you'll burn out from from doing that but and i don't say that to scare anyone i'm just saying truly right. just find the things that you love and kind of follow that and whatever comes with it you you kind of keep going 
Uh, the next thing I will say is just practice, right? I think stage time is so, so important, uh, especially if you're not used to being in a presence like that. The only way you'll learn how to deal with an audience, how to deal with scenarios and situations is stage time. The more you do it, the more you run into scenarios that are kind of repetitive, right? Like if someone heckles you in the middle of a show, someone's saying things that you don't want. At first, that can be very scary because you don't know how to handle a situation like that. But True. over time, you learn that those are things that are are normal and you get accustomed to it. And then you learn how to deal with it because you're on stage. And that also helps you feel more comfortable as well, just being in that space. For me, the stage is a second home to me. Like, I love being on stage. Like, it is some, it's like a gear clicks in my head and like I'm like in a different space and I feel so at home. And that only happens when you're on stage enough times and you're able to feel comfortable in that environment to uh, deliver. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I do. And that really comes across in your voice and your passion. You really exude enthusiasm for what you do for a living. And I love your quote, love what you do. Mm. And that's something I often say, if you find an opportunity, a career, and you mm. love what you do, you never have to work a day in your life. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Tell us something that's surprising about your line of work that one wouldn't necessarily think is associated. Ooh. What do you deal with that people would go, oh, a magician? When you wouldn't really tie this in. Like I was kind of thinking, oh, you probably, you have to be pretty good at uh, how to set up sound systems because I'm thinking sometimes you're in venues and maybe right. the person at the venue isn't an expert on that. Is that right. something you've had to learn or how to host 500 mm. people yeah. in a room? Yeah. What's, what's kind of surprising? I think definitely what you mentioned for sure, like learning uh, skills that are outside of the world of just performing, right? Like there's obviously learning the trick and how to do the trick and how to present it. But then when you go into a real life scenario, you're like, oh, wait, I need to learn how to, you know, mic myself properly to do this properly, add music. And how do you build a real show? Like, how do you put together a show that's not just trick after trick? After? You know, you, you can't just go into your case and go, here's trick number one. Okay, here's trick number two. Here's trick number three. You got to learn how to put it together so you have a, a cohesive show. Uh, other things would be like, if you're hosting, like you're, because a lot of shows that I do are private events where I'm booked to be at a, at a, a place, but I also host public shows where it's like the public gets to come and see. That's a whole different, you know, ball game in its own where it's like you learn that there's so much that goes into the moving parts, right? There's uh, who's doing the tickets, who's doing uh, food and drinks, who's doing, you know, door sales, whatever. You know, there's so much that goes into it that you don't even kind of wrap your head around the fact that there's all this that happens. And also when you're performing, I think a lot of times people don't know this because it's not meant to be known, but the magician has to be aware of his surroundings at all times, right? You're looking at angles. You're looking at where's this person standing? Can they see this properly? Is this, you know, in the right, right. way? Are you revealing something that you shouldn't be? So there's so much that a magician is always like thinking about that to the regular like person, they would never know, like not even remotely. And I'm always like aware of everything that's going on around me, what like people are doing and like whatever it may be, I'm just always paying attention to my surroundings. So did you have an opportunity to follow or shadow someone who's also in this work to learn from? Honestly, I didn't. And I wish I did have that opportunity given to me. But I will say this. Um, I was lucky enough to say that in, in so in Canada, there are 
now only two magic stores left in Canada, like physical magic stores. Uh, there's online stores and stuff like that. There's only yeah. two left in Canada. Uh, one of them happens to be in Toronto. So I got lucky to say that like growing up that, you know, that I'm not from downtown Toronto. I'm about 40, 45 minutes out of Toronto, but that's relatively close. So I would go there ever since I was a kid, you know, whenever I could weekends or whatever it is. And my parents would drive me there. And so uh, I'm grateful that I had that because it kind of gave me the opportunity to be immersed in a world filled with magic and just to see people doing it. But to see someone do it professionally and shadow them, unfortunately, I never had that experience. But I think that's where the internet is so insane because you don't need to have someone next to you anymore. You can follow someone's journey right. online. You can see what they do and see their story and you know uh, see what they're doing to kind of find success. And as I got a little older and I was a little bit more confident, I just started reaching out to people and saying, hey, how did you do this? Like, is this something you'd... And you'd be surprised how many people would just email back and say, oh yeah, you can, you know, this is a, da, 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 you know, this is my advice, blah, blah, blah. And people do that, you know? And it's just like, oh wow, like people oh. will, will respond and, you know, so things like that. But I've never had the opportunity to shadow someone and be with them and on the road. And that would have been great though, if I did have that opportunity. Yeah, just some of the nuances of a performance and what right. to be aware of. Right. You you mentioned something that's very interesting. There's only two physical magic stores in all of Canada. And I just mm. think my son plays hockey. So he has an opportunity to go to a hockey store in any city he's in right. and see the new sticks and the new, you know, whatever right. it might be. The way for a young person to get interested, and yes, our internet is a wealth of knowledge, but to be able to go in and handle something and see it and ask mm -hmm. someone, it has a whole different learning experience for us that with only two, you're quite fortunate that one was, you know, 40 minutes away and you were able to right. go in and be in awe. Absolutely. And I, I agree. I think there's, because now, obviously, like with the times have changed, like, a lot of magic stores have moved online and there's a lot of online retailers, but it's not the same. You're not holding something in your hand. You're not seeing someone demonstrate it. You see videos and stuff like that. But again, I, I there's no comparison. Like going into a magic store is literally like a kid walking into a candy shop and you're like, whoa. And it's just you feel the magic in the room. Like it's such a it's such an incredible feeling that is so hard to explain. It's just but you clearly said it with, you know, it's like your son walking to a hockey shop. It's it's the same thing. And it's it's such a. I'm super happy to see, like that that happened in the way it did and Toronto's yes. location has. Um, I will say before before the pandemic, there were a couple more spread across Canada. There's one more in 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 Toronto, maybe 10, 15 years ago, but they closed down because again, magic is also a very niche like market, right? Selling magic is a very niche market. So to continue to do that and that store staying alive, it was it was a um, it was incredible. And also this past weekend they they gave me their their memorial award uh, at their shop so it was a full circle moment for me last weekend so it was like a a crazy crazy weekend to experience that well congratulations thank you so much that's awesome so i will extend an invitation for you to come visit us at buffalo trail public schools i think our students will listen to this and be intrigued <laughs> by the wonder that you're able to provide us <laughs> absolutely Awesome. And so at this point, um, I want to thank you for your time, Sabio. It was so interesting to be able to engage with you and hear what the life is like for someone who's outside of 
you know, what we normally would run into every day and to share that with us is uh, a great opportunity for our students. So thank you. It was my pleasure. And I, I want to say one last thing, you know, absolutely. I would say this, like um, one thing that that really helped me at least get to the point I am now is um, like belief in yourself. I think before you start any journey, right? Um, sometimes we look outside for, for validation or uh, for whatever, and it often doesn't come right away. But I like to say this, when you start, you got to build your, your ship so that your, your foundation is strong because it might just be you sailing this boat for, for quite some time. But as, as time goes on and as you continue to do it, as long as you believe in the foundation of this boat and, and the destination that you're going to, as long as that belief is strong, um, eventually people start joining this boat. It might be one person, it might be two. And now you got a couple of people helping you sail the ship. And I'm so blessed and thankful to say that now my ship is, is, is a huge boat that has many people helping me sail the ship. And, and that might not just mean physically, it mean like, you know, it was support in different ways. And so, yeah. uh, the belief in yourself is what will keep you going. And as long as you have that in your heart, it doesn't matter what the world around you says, because when I started, no one believed that I would ever become a magician, let alone be someone on TV doing tours and doing shows. And I'm somehow here doing it. And I'm telling you, it's because of the self-belief that kind of shines out uh, everything else for, that's kind of going on around you. So uh, I hope that's that that sticks with with whoever is listening. Uh, and that's one thing I wanted to leave uh end off with, sorry, I should say. Oh, that is fantastic. I absolutely think that is great advice and words of wisdom for our students, because you really do have to believe in yourself and you have to try so many times mm -hmm. before you're successful. And I can't even imagine how many times you have to try to perform a magic trick mm -hmm. or a, you know, a different situation before it actually works how you want it to. Mm -hmm. But it's the same with any athlete, any performance, any, exactly. you know, you have to have that belief in yourself. And absolutely, we in Buffalo Trail now are on your boat <laughs> and we are huge supporters. Thank you so much. So we are there with you supporting. And the other word of wisdom that uh, we're going to continue to to go back to too is when you said, love what you do. And you obviously love what you do and we are on your boat, Savio. So thank you for joining us in Buffalo thank Trail you. Public Schools. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.